about Good afternoon and welcome to Not Done Yet. I'm your host, Tom Sellers, with my co-host, Robbie. How you doing, guys? Back today. I was gone last week. I had a little... uh, uh, my daughter is uh, fighting her second bout of cancer and she, breast cancer, and she had to have uh, some procedures done. She's had three procedures in three weeks. Um, well, amazing! Just a, a tough girl. She's you know, a so tough girl. Shelly's a tough girl, man. We just want to let you know we're thinking about you, sweetie, and uh, you keep me inspired every day by what you do. Absolutely. We're also joined in the studio today by our friend, Coach. Papa Tim Stewart. Hello, hello, hello. We have been uh, we've been talking with uh, with him for a bit of time. Uh, he's got a, a story to tell how cancer's touched his uh, family, and we're going to get to that here in yep. a little bit. He has a story. Hey, Gary, how are you? Gary Hackney is. Hey, Gary. Here. Gary, good to see you. Our good acquaintance, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> one of the th- one of the things we wanted to I don't cover. Care what he says, he's my friend. There you go. <laughs> He'll deny it. <laughs> One of the things we wanted to cover in this this week's show, because uh, we are in the month of blood cancer awareness, yep. uh, Robbie is going to tell us a little bit about some research he has done, and and uh, we'll we'll talk about that for just a few minutes. Robbie, tell us about sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, I know a little bit about it, being a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor myself, uh, going on 16 years, grace of God every day, thankful for it. So we just wanted to wrap up a little bit and give you some information about blood cancer. Uh, it's it's a um, it's not a one type. There's basically three types of blood cancers. There's leukemia, which usually affects um, you know your 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 blood and your bone marrow uh, production, and then there's lymphoma, which is in the lymphocyte system, which is your immune system, and there's myeloma, which affects mostly plasma cells. So these are all blood cancer related, and those are the three basic types. And then there's hundreds of subtypes of blood cancers. Uh, but those were the three main types, and we just wanted to give you, you know, I was amazed. I looked at some of the facts and the numbers on this thing, and... Staggering. Staggering, uh, what you just told me a little bit ago. Yeah, you know, just just <laughs> people that are actually just living with it. Um, you know, over uh, 175,000 people just living with leukemia, lymphoma, and myeloma yearly, daily. Um, I, the numbers that get diagnosed is just crazy that uh, I wrote them down here this morning. Let me look at them real quick. I hate to read things, but this was kind of uh, 75,000 new diagnoses in 2018 are expected of just lymphoma alone, 63,000 for leukemia, um, another 30,000 uh, for myeloma. Uh, so 168, 160, close to 170,000 people a year are expected to be diagnosed just this coming year, this the year that we're in now, by the end of the year. Uh, 170,000 people will be diagnosed with blood cancer. So it's a very common cancer. Um, a lot of people have it. Uh, a lot of times you don't know that you have it. Uh, you may not have, uh, you know, like if you have a cancer in your digestive system, you're going to know it pretty quick. Uh, your digestive system is going to be upset. When you have blood cancers, a lot of times you don't know it. You may have fatigue. You may think it's age, work, life, stress, um, you know, and a lot of times they're hard to get diagnosed. I was I'm not a small man. I'm about 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, right now, it has felt 260, but I've been higher before. And when I was first diagnosed, I was about 325, and my doctor diagnosed me with food amnesia. 
<laughs> I looked at her and I said, what is food amnesia? She said, Rob, I think you just don't want to admit to me or yourself how much you're really eating. And that's why you're having stomach cramps. And uh, I'm like, I-, I know what I'm eating right now. It's like a piece of chicken in a microwave because that's all I could stand. And uh, did some tests and found out it was uh, lymphoma. Had a big mass in the chest area. About baseball size when we found it. Got up to about softball size so by the time we started getting it to shrink down. Um, but it's just, uh, it's amazing how many people go through life not even realizing that they have cancer a lot yeah. of times. You know, it's just uh, amazing. Phil Nasserino says, hey guys, and Marcus Telly says he's in four years in remission from lymphoma. So. Excellent, excellent. Phil, uh, we hope your wife's doing great. You've been keeping yep. us updated on her. And we just pray for her all the time that everything comes out good in the way we want it. God's will is our will. That's what we always pray for. Amen. And I hope that uh, I hope that information I sent you, Phil, is, uh, turns out to be valuable. Please keep me updated. Let me know. All right. Look at you guys out there making a difference in the world. Well, it's, uh, you know, cancer <laughs> affects all of us. Um, blood cancer is, like I said, it's a hard one to diagnose sometimes. Um, and some of the symptoms are fatigue is a symptom a lot of times with all cancers. Fatigue seems to be a really heavy, dominant uh, side effect from it with people with blood cancer for some reason. I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they just se- tend to have it longer sometimes. I'm, um, I'm guessing you probably your oxygen levels are depleted, and that would probably have something to do with Yeah, your, your cell quality is, your production of cell quality is not like it was before, especially with a blood cancer because it affects your bone, the marrow in your bone. The, the red blood cells, the white blood cells, it can be any number of those. And so your quality of blood production doesn't always, isn't what it was before you go through this, especially after treatment. Um, and there's a, a lot of times in blood cancers, it's in what they call indolent, slow growing. Uh, so they'll use a process called, basically called watch and wait. Uh, if your lifestyle or quality of life hasn't been really compromised a lot. Let's just kind of wait and see how this thing goes. To most of us, we're like, what the hell are you talking about? Get this thing out of me. What? Watch me get sicker and wait for me to die? You want to get onto it. But it's not uncommon for a doctor to tell you, let's try this watch and wait. Especially, like I said, if they don't feel like your uh, lifestyle or the quality of your life has been interrupted much yet. Because it definitely will once you start treatments. I uh, just had a, a friend who has uh, got to start taking a uh, immunotherapy, which is something that they use quite a bit with blood cancers, and they're finding that helps with a lot of other cancers, cancers also. It's a drug called rituximab or rituxin is the two brand names of it. It's an immunotherapy. Uh, a good friend of mine just found out he's got, he has lymphoma has come back, and they're going to do the, a little bit of watch and wait and just do the rituxin. They don't want to do the chemo or the radiation. It's just in a few lymph nodes. Uh, so that's the one good thing about early detection is we always talk about get out there and get those tests. That's your, that's your one tool that you really have control over is getting those tests done. So please, please, please don't hesitate. Uh, do your yearly exams. Men, get your colonoscopies and your prostates done. Women, get the colonoscopy and the mammograms and the cervical testing. Get all of that done. Do not put it off no matter how good you're feeling. Because colon, 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 please, we just had a lady on two weeks, last week, a 44-year-old woman that has colon cancer. And her uh, hold hope is that she can convince people to get this done early, by, your, by the time you're 40. Don't yeah. wait till 50. Doctors are now starting to tell people a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier. Yep. And now those tests are used to be you wouldn't get them until you're 50 or so. And now doctors are telling you, you know, 
40 years old, maybe you should have this test done. And we, <laughs> I just told you the numbers right there. So you know, 170,000 people a year getting uh, lymphoma, or excuse me, blood cancers, and that's just one type of cancer. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we uh, when I turned 50, I had my, my first colonoscopy. And then at 60, when my military insurance came in, I, I had the second. And, yeah. um, you know, they look at back at both of them. And fortunately, I'm in, you know, I'm in a good place. They say, you know, come back in 10 years. Let's do it again. Yeah. So, Very but nice. that, that those are one of those are those tests. And the PSA, you know, get that PSA test whenever you get your oh blood yes. work in every year. And don't, for, don't forget to tell the doctor also if, uh, if there's any history at all in your family, not that cancers are necessarily hereditary, but if there is history of your cancer in your family, your family is more susceptible to getting it than family that doesn't have it. That's just the facts of life. And uh, so even if you don't have it, I, I encourage people to get those tests. By 40 years old, start getting those tests done, please. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, kind of a, uh, that's kind of a good segue there when you talk about a family history. There we have a gentleman with us who has... A, uh, a pretty good story about family history and cancer. Yes. Tim, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us uh, well, where it all started? My, uh, my first experience with cancer, I was probably 11 years old. Uh, my Uncle Dudley, who was a pilot during World War II in, in Korea, uh, very uh, actually very well-decorated, highly decorated pilot, hmm. uh, wound up with a, a, a blood disorder. Back then, everything was leukemia. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they really were able to tell the difference. This was in 1965, sure. 66. Um, you know, and over the years, we'd, we'd run into a, a few, you know, you hear about somebody over there, somebody yes. over here. Um, and then in the, uh, I guess it was 1994, actually it was April 29th, 1995, uh, my sister called me now. How do I remember the exact date? It was one month after my 40th birthday. And I just figured my sister forgot my birthday. And sure. let's call it a month <laughs> later because the first thing she said to me was happy birthday. Right. Yeah, that's, you know, that's my family. Uh, when we talked for a little bit, and then she said, uh, Mom's got cancer. And, and in her case, again, she had no indication. Now, Mom had had an aneurysm break in uh, about five years earlier and had a stroke during the surgery uh, that left her a paraplegic and very limited communication. So she might have, if her communication was better, she might have been able to tell us more. Yeah. But she was complaining about pain in her shoulder. They took her to the doctor. She gave her some Tylenol. It didn't go away. She went back a week later. They said, let's do an X-ray. Uh, the X-ray... Um, showed a tendency towards cancer was, was, was their words. So they did an MRI and a PET scan. And from that, they found 10 tumors in her body, seven in her skeleton, one in each lung, and one on her kidney the size of a grapefruit. Wow. And once they identified it, it was the most aggressive form of cancer out there. Uh, she was diagnosed on April 29th. She died on June 9th, uh, just about six weeks later. With no no previous indication, so while we did have some space, you know, six weeks, it wasn't like an accident or something that takes. That's still a very very short period of time. Um, and there was some interesting uh, times around that period of time. <laughs> I was still in the military. Uh, I went out and spent some time. My sister lived at about 
9,000 feet elevation west of Denver up by Conifer, uh, Pine Junction, Colorado on 285. And I went out for a run the day I got there because I'm frustrated and I was, you know, very actively running in those days. And I'm going to go out for a run, and I almost killed myself from <laughs> oxygen deprivation. <laughs> Forgot to acclimate a little, did you? <laughs> it was, uh, th- my teeth were tingling, my face was tingling. I'm like, you know, I, I come out here to, you know, ease her into, you know, the next life, and <laughs> almost took that dive myself. Uh, and then it was uh, a couple years later, in 1997, uh, and it, it was about, f- it was February of 1997, uh, my sister called again. Um, no birthday involved this no, time. No birthday. It was, a, it was <laughs> this time. It was like a month before my birthday, and she said, "Dad's got cancer." Uh, in his case, Dad was a diabetic, and uh, he's a farmer, and he had a sore develop on his lip, and he went went to the doctor, and it wasn't healing, and he said, "Well, that's just from your diabetes. It's not healing, you know. Yeah. After farming season, we'll go ahead and cut that out and replace it." The muscle in your face that most resembles, uh, or the muscle in your body that most resembles the muscle in your face comes out of your butt. Uh, so we had a lot of fun with that. They had to <laughs> transplant butt muscle into his <laughs> lip for, uh, is that chewing tobacco, Dad? Uh, but we are. Uh, <laughs> what was he talking out of? <laughs> <laughs> Just like we talk out of our butt every day. Yes, here. exactly. <laughs> uh, broadcast using this tool is our broadcasting tool. So when I say talk out of our butt, we really do. Uh, so. Uh, then uh, about three days later, they sent the piece of lip that they cut out off to the lab just for posterity because sure. they had done a biopsy and it, it was didn't show cancer. But then it came back, it was cancer, and they had cut right through the middle of it. Now, my dad was a farmer, this is 1997, didn't have an answering machine. Uh, if he was there when he <laughs> called, he'd talk to you. <laughs> right? He had a CB radio, but the doctor's office didn't. Uh, so they... Uh, the nurse finally two days later came to the farm and sat on his front step until he came home because you know she didn't know and he's like what are you doing here <laughs> or my dad's words what the hell are you doing here <laughs> right and she said harry you got cancer we and we cut right through the middle of it we got to go take more so he went in for another surgery and they said they got the whole thing went through chemo and radi- radiation but about four months later a gland started swelling up did a biopsy on it Biopsy said no, no cancer, but the uh, coincidence was not yeah. to be repeated. Uh, they set it off stat, and it was cancer. And uh, they, uh, again, w- it, there was a lot of concern on that one because where it was on his vocal cords, if they did the surgery, um, it would leave him unable to sing, mm. uh, which for my dad, that was that would have been worse than, uh, don't worry, I'm just going to, if I get a piece of this up here. I'm going to give you just a sample of what he sounded like. Beautiful voice. So, so when they said that he might not be able to sing anymore, it was uh, you know it was pretty devastating for yeah. him. Um, they went ahead and did the surgery um, and came on radiation and it it didn't he was still able to to sing he had a real dry voice and a dry voice, but they didn't they didn't get it and uh, yeah. it shortly after that got into his brain um, and that was a uh, you know that was just a difficult time as it uh, it got into his brain again he was at my sister's house up in uh, Pine Junction Colorado 
and she had a beautiful log house and uh, I'd been up there about three days but he would he was filtering in and out of reality mm-hmm. and I was sitting there one day and I was doing a Sudoku or something he was just sitting on the chair staring like he normally did but all of a sudden I, I heard Timmy when'd you get here and we'd have these moments and we tried not to confuse him with the facts we, we yeah. learned that and so oh, just just got in dad how yep. you doing he goes oh I'm I'm okay and, and we hadn't really had he hadn't been to church in a couple of years and our whole life growing up was church and I said how uh how are you or God doing dad and he said oh me and God we're okay I said I love you dad and he said I love you Timmy and uh, he faded back out uh, and that was the last conversation he had and it was the first time we said I love you to each other in our entire life <laughs> doesn't mean we didn't right. act but it's the right. first time we ever physically said it um, and then he uh, men from that generation didn't show it as right. much you know I showed you I love you with a backhand <laughs> L- I love you boy <laughs> bam doing this for you <laughs> <laughs> for your own good this hurts me more than it hurts you I never believed that did you <laughs> <laughs> for one second there's a 12 year old story in there I just won't tell uh, so you know he uh, and he passed away you know a few days after that uh, before that uh, probably in no it was a little bit after that it was 2003 or 4 uh, Joshua Geyer. Joshua was a kid I had had in uh, in middle school track, and he was that boy who couldn't sit still for anybody's <laughs> business. And uh, you wanted him on the track because he'd win races. Uh, <laughs> but if you tried to have him sitting in a lecture hall or anything, forget it. He was just bouncing <laughs> off the wall. A great kid. His freshman year, he'd gone out for football, and uh, he was walking down the hallway and, and just fell down for no uh, no apparent reason. And the result was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, got him into remission, and uh, he he made it through his high school years, graduated high school, and then at 19 he came out of remission uh, just shortly after graduation. And uh, and then somebody came over and visited him, and mm-hmm. he caught a cold, and it was it was a cold that you know they just. He he was a kid had had about twenty seven piercings and yeah. you know he had tattoos everywhere, uh, but you know just uh, I was with him just hours before before he passed. Now, you know it it hurt with my mother and dad, but you know they're both cigarette smokers. Their parents both lived into their eighties and nineties yeah. on both sides. Well, uh, Granddad Stewart died of a heart attack in his late sixties, but the rest of the family all lived very long. Uh, my parents both chose to smoke, uh, you know, incessantly. And I, you know, I shared that story with you when, uh, mm-hmm. when we first met. And, uh, you know, they kind of bought it. So I, w- I was hurt. Doggone it. You know, you guys, you knew better. Yeah. Uh, as I threw my cigarette down. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my friends offered me a, a smoking a cigarette one day. And I said, can I have one? He said, sure. And he gave it to me. And I broke it and threw it on the ground. <laughs> He goes, what are you doing that for? He says, well, you're going to let me burn it and inhale it. What, what difference does it make <laughs> yeah, exactly. to you what I do with it? <laughs> yeah, really? You didn't care if I was yeah, burning it up? He, he never offered me a cigarette again. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, and then Josh came along, and, and I really got angry. You know, yes. this is this yes. is a young man who had his entire life in, in front of him. And him and I wrote a song together that was, uh, you know, it, it was kind of interesting because he, uh, he was rock and roll and I was country. And it was it was a Jesus song, and it said, uh, 
decisions, decisions. What are you going to do? Decisions, decisions. When they're all left up to you, just ask when there's a decision. Now, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus do if he was you? What would Jesus think? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do if he was here today? Life's not easy. That should come as no surprise. You choose to tell the truth or tell those little lies. Nothing is mostly right. It's either right or wrong. Yeah. If heaven's where you're going, then listen to this song and follow that bit of advice that it gives to you and ask when there's a decision. Now what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do if he was you? What would Jesus think? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do if he was here today? Decisions, decisions. What are you going to do? Decisions, decisions. When they're all left up to you, just ask when there's a decision. <laughs> now what would Jesus do? If you ask, what would Jesus do? And you don't do it. Have to hit yourself and say, I knew it. So <laughs> just do it. So Josh <laughs> and I wrote that song. That's uh, cool. Really after it was after he had... Uh, been diagnosed a second time yeah and uh, so he's uh he's over in st john's i visit him every once in a while oh uh, we got involved with the relay for life uh because american of cancer society american cancer yep. society uh because of josh josh was actually um we got involved in 2001 2002 he is our honorary chairperson uh that's kind of why i remember the mm -hmm. dates here and uh so the first year out, we raised like $120,000. We're the number one inaugural relay in the United States of America, right up here at Johnsburg High School. And the next year, we did pretty much the same. The third year, about two weeks before the relay, uh, my wife had had something on her back that was bothering her, so she went and had it checked out, and she called me, and she had cancer. Uh, it was a basal cell carcinoma, which is if you're going to get it, you know, there's basal cell, sarcoma, and melanoma. Yeah. Uh, they say basal is the, the one you want to get, and I say there's none of them you want to get. <laughs> <laughs> the good kind. Right. Yeah, when they go, <laughs> oh, you got the good kind. <laughs> well, and every year when, you know, the survivor uh, deal would come around, and just like today, I asked her if she wanted to come be on the show. Yeah. Uh, she's, she says, well, I, you know, I'm uh, my mine's just skin cancer. I didn't have to deal with breast cancer or uh, your bone cancer. Well, uh, cancer's cancer. Cancer's cancer. And cancer will kill you if you don't you do not do your screenings, you don't yes. do your tests, you don't get it taken care of. She had eight consecutive, uh, 16 consecutive quarters. Every quarter she'd have to go in for screening mm -hmm. uh, with new cancer or pre-cancer that had to be removed. In 2008, we started taking a product from Shackley called Vivix. Uh, it's a resveratrol-based product. I could go into the whole story of how it helped me with my cluster headaches. But more importantly, we started uh, taking that product and adding it to our diet. We also cleaned up our diet in a lot of other ways, but we added it to our diet in September of 2008. In November, she had a screening and had a precancer that had to be removed. Um, in February of 2009, she was 100% clear, and she just had a screening two weeks ago, and she remains 100% clear. Um, but diet, exercise, yep. um, this product. Golf. Uh, golf. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, th this product is what they call an antioxidant, a very yes. strong antioxidant. Because our body gets loaded with all of these chemicals. Just recently, uh, testing has shown that almost every, there's in, in Roundup, there's a, a, a cancer-causing chemical that's yep. in there they've identified. And every single oat product on the market today they went out and tested from Kellogg's from all the different ones 
you know, snap, crackle, pops, and everything. Quaker. Qua- every single one of them, there's only one, s- one brand or one strain of oats available to the industry that doesn't have the Roundup in uh, yeah. cancer chemicals in it. So if we can't really control what's going in as much as we'd like to, We've got to take care of uh, yep. what what uh, what Ken said yesterday, and you'll you'll like this. Yesterday's show was great. If you get a chance to go listen to it, but during Deke's health and fitness facts, he said, "If you never flush your toilet, you're going to wind up with a lot of crap." <laughs> <laughs> and Good point. <laughs> and if you never flush your body out, the same thing's going to happen. Yes. And how many of us really take the time without it being mandatory? To, to flush our detox system. detox like that, to not to too many detox. Yeah. Uh, since then, I, you know, I've lost uh, aunts, I've lost uncles, I've lost co- close friends. We were at a Relay for Life fundraiser one time, and uh, Tom, Tom, Tom from, from uh, Minuteman Press. What's Tom's last name? Anyway, Tom over here, Minuteman Press. Wonderful guy, wonderful guy. He's part of the, part of the Relay for Life. And, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking up there, and I, I said, all right, you know, if you've ever had cancer, come up and join me on stage. <coughs> and uh, at least half the room came up and joined me on stage. It's all right. <laughs> now, if you've ever had a family member, mother, or brother, or sister, and aunt and uncle, c- until I was in basic training, which, if you've <laughs> ever had one of those people, come on up here and get on the stage with us. And they came up with us. There's still a few people out there. If you've ever had a favorite coach, a neighbor, you know, <laughs> I tried to get that next level, come on up here. And uh, everybody else came up except Tom. He's still out there. So I, you know, I, I th- all right, if you've ever had a pastor, uh, <laughs> you know, the guy in the seventh pew, you know, somebody you just heard about, come on up here. And Tom's still sitting. I said, Tom, no one in your life has ever had cancer. He goes, oh, no, hundreds of people in my <laughs> life had cancer. I said, why aren't you up here? He says, well, I'm watching the money box. <laughs> <laughs> said Tom, everybody, it. <laughs> everybody's up here. Nobody's touching. Who's gonna the, steal it? <laughs> nobody's touching the money box. But we've all been affected by cancer. Uh, you know, one of the fun things with uh, with high school students when we'd go out and talk to them about getting relay teams, we'd give them all um, those glow sticks. Mm-hmm. And you know, at, at one point we'd turn out the lights. And if you've ever had cancer, break your stick and shake it high, you know. And it's, you know, oh. we got a video going. A couple come up and then, uh, you know, sisters, brothers oh, yeah. come up, yeah. mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles. And before long, every single stick is in there waving, you know. It's, it is a disease that has affected all of us at one time or another. It's just amazing how many people have been touched by this disease. And, you know, there, there's, I don't know what it is about this disease that, garners so much attention or you know because people have other diseases that are life-threatening also but there's just yeah. something about this one how it permeates throughout your life uh you know yeah. it's like water it wants to get into every aspect of your life that it can did you well, know that previous to 1910 there are no recorded cases of pancreatic cancer or pancreatitis do you know what happened around 1910 we b- we learned how to process sugar into white exactly. sugar we learned how to make white flour and white bread, and we learned how to make it taste good. Uh, at that time, we, we stopped eating healthy, basically. Well, <laughs> at that time, we, we gave ourselves a, a diagnosis, the PET scan. Yeah. How does the PET scan work? Yeah. They attach the molecules to sugar yep, because sugar. cancer right. loves, loves, sugar. loves eating. Right. Loves to eat. Yeah, and sugar, and you know, so. It goes right there and shows where it's at and where it's trying to eat you. <laughs> now, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have not had cancer. I, I've dealt with so many people at mm-hmm. who have and today I you know I counsel a lot of people when they 
first enter enter the battle you know that you know the the, the first disbelief you know and then the uh, the depression, oh, no, I'm going to die, and yeah. then the anger, and then the fight. You yeah. know, we try to get them to the fight as quickly as we yes, can. Yes, exactly. You know, it's yeah. uh Yeah, you have to because it's it's coming. Have well, you, and you guys, look at this, right? <laughs> Just it's gave uh, it to you today. The cancer fighter's uh, symbol, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big old boxing glove. We're going to give cancer a concussion. Man. <laughs> well, you better believe we're going to knock it out of the ring. It's just, you know, what it does to people. We uh, Another guest that we have on every once in a while, Steve Box, um, friend of Tom and mine, and uh, he and I had made, you know, you make friends at the hospital. We do a lot of volunteer work, and you make friends real quick with people, kind of like you do when you're in a service and you're out there, and all of a sudden you know people and you just feel so close to them. And uh, we lost a, a, a good fighter last Friday. Uh, Antioch Mark, uh, our, our condolences are out to you and your family and your daughters and your wife. And uh, we know that you were a, a good fighter, and you fought the good fight, and uh, you went home. And so I don't say people died from cancer. I say Mark passed while beating cancer daily uh, because his attitude and his will didn't change, uh, just like ours. We know something's going to take our body someday. It may be yeah. this. It may not be. Uh, we don't know. Uh, but we don't focus on that. We focus on living with or without cancer. You still have to go on every day. There and is a, uh, there's a beautiful lady listening. Uh <laughs> I loved her first on the radio. Uh, April, my wife, is here. Hey, Gary says, guys, thank you for what you guys do together. We will make a difference. Uh, yes, we will, Gary. You're welcome, my friend. <laughs> he's a, he's <laughs> a longtime cancer survivor himself. Um, uh, hardest worker. Him and I used to go out and put the signs <sighs> out for the relay. This guy, he, he put me to shame. Oh, man. yeah. This kid. I, I had to quit riding him to the, with him to the hospital because he'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and 5, 6 o'clock, he's out there beeping a horn. You ready? You ready? I'm like, wait a minute, it's only 4.30. <laughs> he loves getting up early and going. <laughs> he, he does a lot for, uh, God, he's involved in church and volunteerism at the hospital and His all kinds of organizations. His cook. Oh, my goodness, the cookies and stuff and the oh, yeah. muffins she brings. She's a, Carol is an excellent... She's a she's a teacher at McHenry High School, special ed teacher. Been there, I think, thirty some years. Uh, that explains a lot how she puts up. How with she him. puts up with Gary. <laughs> now, now you understand it all, don't you? <laughs> heck of a heck of a lady herself, boy. I tell you, and we know she's going through some hard times, like a lot of us are. Yeah. And uh, we just want her to know, her and Gary to know that we're all here thinking about you and praying for you. Uh, you're you're our favorite acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> our good friend Gary Hung. Is uh, listening from <laughs> Singapore. Hey Gary, hey, Gary. how are you? <laughs> so. Thanks for being here. Every week we see you watching us. So yeah, he's a good guy. So so, Coach, you and I have spoken over the years. You and I have known each other for a bit, yep. and uh, want to take you back to a conversation because I know you want to. I know you want to talk about it too. <laughs> um, but you when you and I first talked about this, and particularly about your parents, you're like, you know what? I was mad. Yeah. Let, yeah. Tell me about that mad. Tell me what that was all about. Well. There was, and I think it's an emotion everyone goes through with yeah. cancer. You bet. Yes. You bet. Uh, but more importantly, when people make choices that are clearly, uh, you know, there. And I know you you had a battle with cigarettes for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and you and I talked about that. And mm-hmm. I, you know, in our coaching, that was we're business coaching, but I was also always putting that underlying yes, you were. piece into you because I didn't want anyone else have to feel the way I felt yeah um, I was uh, 
I don't know if you've heard my story. I'm sitting here today because Martin Rotard intercepted a football in 1972. Yep. <laughs> well, how can I say that with any degree of accuracy? Well, it's simple. The night he intercepted that football, I was his defensive end. And as I turned to throw a block, somebody was already throwing a block on me. And they went right straight through my knee, and they said I'd never play football again. In December that year, my friend Todd Chesmore asked for a ride down to the North Platte, Nebraska, to the Army recruiter station. He was joining an Army. I thought he was a fool. <laughs> Uh, but while I'm sitting down there, you know, an Army waiting area, they only have Army material to read. <laughs> and I read this pamphlet, and it said, Fitzsimmons Army Medical Center is orthopedic center of the United States Army. And I thought, if I get stationed there and get my knee fixed, I'd go play football. I said, hey, sir, can you put me here? He said, son, you sign this contract. I'll put you anywhere. <laughs> I signed the contract. I went off and became a military policeman. On my first day of duty, I went up to the fifth floor to check out that orthopedic clinic. And there in that orthopedic clinic sat this cute little redhead. And I thought, if I get to know her, I'll figure out who's <laughs> going to fix my knee. I got to know her, and I got to know them. They never touched my knee, and I've been married to her for 43 years. <laughs> She's been touching your knee for 43 <laughs> That's years. That's right. Now, now the day before I gave that talk for the very first time, I, I d developed that talk for the Zig Ziglar Corporation down in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And uh, the day before, I was walking down the street in McKinney, Texas, in front of a PetSmart, and this little girl sitting there having a cigarette. And I looked down at her and I said, "Hun, can I ask you a question? She said, yes, sir. I said, are you going to have a family someday? She said, yes, sir. I said, do you like babies? She said, I love babies. I said, are you going to take your hand, shove it in through that baby's belly button, grab onto her intestines and shake it so hard that she'll have a pain that will never, ever leave her? She said, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, let me tell you about the pain that my mother created at the age of 17 when she said, I'm not hurting anybody but myself as I smoke this cigarette. I said, today you are creating that pain for your unborn child from the man you haven't even met yet. She threw that cigarette right down. I said, hon, uh, what are you going to do with that pack? She said, well, I'll give them to my friend. She smokes the same ones. I said, so you're going to create all her pain, this pain for her child. And she said, uh, I guess I should throw them away, huh? <laughs> said, huh, I can't tell you what to do. As I walk away, you may even light another cigarette and think what a strange individual this was yeah. to even have this conversation. But I do know this. Every action you take, every decision you make has future implications. Now, if she throws that cigarette away and she does go and lead a healthier lifestyle, you know why she did that? It's simple. Because Martin Rotard intercepted a football in 1972. Right. And everything I've done since that point. But uh, that, that piece of that story that sits home is that pain. You know, I, I watch people whose, whose parents are still with them at my age, you know. And my, my wife's mom is still living and, and yep. just a wonderful, wonderful lady and very healthy lady. She's, she goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, she's kind of like, who, uh, which actress was it? Yeah, I'll be going any day now. She's going to live to 105, <laughs> uh, you know. It's like my grandfather every year. <laughs> it's the last crop I'll bring in. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a last Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know. And, uh, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's painful when someone yes. makes choices that takes them out of your life too early, you know. And I'm, in yeah. the, you know, I'm battling that right now because, for me, it, it wasn't cancer. But it, was, it was my weight, and I, my weight had gotten out of control, and my blood pressure was out of control. And I've got to make some decisions right now to get healthier. So I'm working out mm -hmm. two times a week with a trainer. I'm, I'm more focused on my eating. Uh, you know, there's certain things that we have to make choices of the things that we know. The things we don't know, we can't do anything about. But the things we do know, we've got to take control. I've always said the goal, my goal in life is to be as healthy as I can in mind, body, and spirit when I die. Yeah. I don't want to be all sick and dragged out for six months or a year. I want to be... <laughs> health in my spirit, my mind, and my body, and something just happens, and I go. I, I saw an interview once down at a retirement home in Florida several years ago, and the interviewer, she's out, and she's just by this 
this bus bench thing at an intersection and talking to all the old people who are hobbling by in their walkers. <laughs> and she's interviewing this. This old boy goes running by. He's, he's jogging. And she goes, sir, sir, can I talk to you? And he steps over and he goes, yeah, how can I help you? She says, uh, how old are you? He says, I'm 95. <laughs> she says, you're 95? And how far have you run? He says, well, today's a light day. I put in about four, four and a half miles. She goes, what do the residents down here say about you doing all this running? And they say, John, you're going to kill yourself. You need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, uh, leading a healthy lifestyle may not give you more years. Right. But it will give you a higher quality quality. of those years. Yes, that's what I always tell people. There's nothing we can do to guarantee the length of life. But what I do determines the quality of my day. So, yes, I want to try to eat right and sleep. And biggest one, treat other people right. Amen. Because that's where your most of your blessings are going to come back from. You know, Joni Downey treats everybody else right. <laughs> She's amazing. She's watching us right now. So hey, Joni. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's amazing what uh, people have to go through with this thing. I, I Talking about my daughter, three weeks she's had, three weeks ago, going on four now, she had to have her poured out. Nine years ago, she had breast cancer, double mastectomy, didn't do chemo. I think she did radiation and several surgeries. Um, double mass reconstruction nine years later last September I think it was last fall she started feeling bad again went in had some more tests they found an, another lump in uh, the right breast I think it was in the left breast the last time and uh, had another had another operation did chemo this time did some radiation took out the implant that was there put in a stretcher what they call a stretcher implant to make that area bigger so they can shape it better. Um, goes to take that one out to replace it. The w- new one they put in gets an infection in it wow. within two days. Bad infection. Had to go back in a week later after rounds of antibiotics and have that new implant taken out again. So that's the third implant that she's had taken out over nine years, the last two within a year. And she just, uh, you know, her her attitude is just, so wonderful and i know that she's tired and i know you know it it brought me back to that caregiver mode of you can't do a damn thing about this all you can do is love her and be there and just be there it really it really goes down to there's not really a lot as caregivers that we can do other than be there and try to keep that support for them and and let them know it's okay if you like i tell her when you don't feel like you can carry this load today in your mind, picture every one of us, everybody you know, picking up a little piece of that load from you and carrying it for you. And that allows you to relax and rest and not feel like you've got to carry that load today. Yeah. i got to keep this fight today. It's okay to let other people carry that fight for you once in a while, and you catch your breath a little bit. You know, well, That's you, what she's going through right now. So You have to. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. We're, we're so busy today. Yeah. Um, I'm working on a, a process or a project called uh, Phone Free Friday. Um, on Fridays, turn it off. Check it at the end of the day. Check it at noon. Check it twice a day, but turn off the phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, the F's phone free Friday. <laughs> <laughs> or at least it sounds like an F. <laughs> uh, but phone free Fridays, we, we need to slow down. Yes. Uh, a little bit. And that's m- hard. Be in the moment a little bit more. That, that, that's hard. Uh, my, my best days are those days that I say, yeah. not doing it today. Yeah. 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 Oh, you, you know, I, I told you I had a visual. Um, <laughs> I left you about 11. I was going to get here at about 11.30. And my favorite store is between Panera, where I saw mm-hmm. you, and the studio. 
and that is Goodwill. I mm-hmm. love going into Goodwill, doing a little treasure hunting. Yeah. But as I looked around, all the great things at Goodwill, you know what I thought? They're not done yet. <laughs> They're not done yet. That's not done yet. Somebody <laughs> else is going to get to enjoy that. Exactly. Somebody else is going to, you know, have that. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it, it, it's, you guys are treasures. And <sighs> the show and the name of this show, Not Done Yet, I think you've done such an amazing Yes, uh, when, when Tom yeah. came up with that, I was just, that uh, just hit me like that's everyone, it explains every one of us in three little words, especially fighting cancer. I'm not done yet. Well, what what he was really meaning to say is I haven't come up with a name yet, <laughs> but I'm not done yet. You know, I'll, I'll I'm you can stop there. That sounded I, good. No, 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 I, I'm not I done knew, yet. I, I knew you would be the one to figure that out. <laughs> no, no, I'll get it. I just, I'm not done yet. I'll get it. Oh, I thought bit. you were telling me names. You were just trying to tell me you weren't done telling me names yet. <laughs> I'm like, that's good right there. That's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, the stuff you got to go through sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Your color is absolutely amazing, Tom. You look, you look great. I mean, oh, I, thank you. I've thank been you. with you along this whole battle up and down. So you, you've been getting out to the golf course a little bit? I, you know, I, uh, I played this season. <coughs> badly, I might add. <laughs> uh, but played. You played? Yes. So you, you weren't uh, digging a ditch or laying on a table. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, got a little bit of sun this year. Of course, you know, last year couldn't spend much time in the sun at all because of uh, radiation and chemo. Uh, so I was looking forward to it. And, you know, my wife and I, that's uh, that's one of our favorite activities in the summertime yeah. just hang out in that backyard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you smoked the Bago tournament. I, well, uh, I wouldn't go that far. There were <laughs> some, some tough people up in there. Yeah, but you won it. It, it was, it, was uh, it came down to the last throw in the last game. So, yes. It, so it you was, didn't throw another throw after the last there throw? Was, after the last one, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Quit there. You and Andy Kinsevich, I heard. Andy was, uh, Andy stepped up. It, it was funny because when this, uh, when these invitations went out, and he's going to, he's going to text me here any second, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and of course, we did a blind draw, so nobody knew who they were playing with. And Andy's like, yeah, I'll be there, and, I'll, and I will kick everybody's butt there. And, you know, I, I've, I, I went through my thing last year, but I'm still kind of a, I'm still kind of a trash talker from the old <laughs> days. And I'm like, Andy, you better bring your best butt kick and shoes. Turns yeah. out he and I played together. So. So, and he did. <laughs> uh, we got some sponsors we got to take care of here. Yes, oh, we, we do. We probably should do that. We probably should do that. You guys get me so focused. <laughs> I'll blame you fully for that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. 21.6 The Net is brought to you in part by the generous support of our sponsor, Northern Illinois Windows, Inc. We are a commercial and residential window servicing company committed to providing the highest quality service at an affordable price. Exactly how you're feeling. Don't put that smile on when you're in that doctor's office. And the fatigue was yeah. one of the things that I didn't like the most. What, what part of this did you not, you really did hate about this thing? Oh... Let me see where to start. Uh, nausea. Oh my God. I am somebody that hates to throw up. And so cancer was not the thing to get. So, yeah. uh, nausea was my big thing. And, uh, luckily I had a good game plan, uh, with, with the docs to, to minimize that. Yeah. Um, I yeah. hate needles. Mm. I absolutely hate needles. And I had a big needle stuck up like a heart catheter. Um, so I've never gotten over my hatred of needles. Yeah. Uh, it's eased up a little bit. Did, 
Did it get uh, harder and harder to do the blood draws as you went through the years? Because, you know, a lot of people, they uh, it gets harder and harder to get a draw sometimes because those, those veins scar over. Those arteries get scarred. And oh, they, most they definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, well, I had to be, be sure I was very well hydrated. Right. I never yeah. had a port, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, the only place that I would, I would allow them is in the bend of my arm. And so it was completely scarred up, and it was hard. Yeah. It was very hard at times. And, yes, that, 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 was, that was hard, but it, I thought it would make me get over my fear of needles, which it didn't. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Just um, exasperated it more because – it uh, did, no, it didn't. It didn't. I still don't like it. I still don't like I hate to be poked and prodded even more now. Um, I think the, a, a big thing for me was, for me, I knew what I had to go through, but for like my mom and my family and, and people that loved me, what they had to go through yes. of the not knowing. The caregivers. Because, I, you know, I think, I think uh, that's not something that a lot of people talk about because you know, oh, they're the ones that were battling. Well, I don't think we talk on, enough about what our family caregivers, whether it be family, friends, uh, nieces, nephews, mothers, fathers, yep. sisters, whatever. We don't talk enough about what what those people go through. And, and literally, if we're lucky enough to have this army behind us in, in the fierce front that they have to put on yeah. for us. Oh yeah. Um, I I think that for me that was the hardest part. Like I didn't even want to tell my family. Did you feel guilty? Um uh, I had to let go of the guilt really yes. quickly because I knew this was either going to be a short or a long battle. I was hoping for the long battle, but I didn't I wasn't quite in the mindset that I needed at the point in time when I had to kind of rally my family behind me. Um I think I think I felt guilty for having to tell my family because my mom lived in Kentucky at the time and I knew how she would take it. And I knew all my family would be devastated. And as soon as you look it up on the internet, they think you're dead. Oh, sure. So, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, I even looked it up on the internet and I'm like, oh my God. That's not really the best thing to do sometimes. (laughs) Oh, no, it's the total wrong thing to do, but it almost seems... It's the first thing some people oh, do. Sure. And, we all do. And in 2008, you know, there wasn't – the Internet was just getting new. And so mm-hmm. that was – you know, I, I didn't want to go to the library. I didn't feel well enough. And so the Internet was easy. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's the wrong thing to do. I would say do not do that. Just <laughs> do do a little bit but just enough to, to get the knowledge you need. And, and be careful of your sources too because – the wording yes. around cancer, it's very – there's a lot of negatives. Uh, people, I think, need to learn that they they can live with cancer, you know, whether that be six months or 10 years or 25 That's years right. or whatever their time may be. I think there's, there's a thing that we give up on these people as soon as they're diagnosed. And uh, that was a big thing that I don't like either is, you know, time frames. I don't believe anybody has a time frame. It's – they're their own time frame. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get that, um, you know, keep them with that same hope that the patient has. It's yes. hard because I can remember thinking I, I was almost afraid to hope because what if I'm wrong? And the doctors are like, no, 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 you're looking at this the whole wrong way. That hope is there for a reason. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, and, and, you know, the biggest thing that I found post what I've gone through uh, where I'm at now is 
hope is so, for me, hope was huge. Like I had never met a survivor uh, until I got to Chicago. And when I did, I just cried because I found somebody that was living with it, that there was hope. There was light at the end of the tunnel. And another pancreatic somebody, cancer survivor? Oh, go ahead. Another pancreatic cancer survivor? Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, yeah. her name was Cindy, uh, mm-hmm. and I I just loved meeting her. And I kind of, my mom and I uh, became friends with her and her husband. And she was a huge, she was she was somebody that I idolized uh, because mm-hmm. she she had been going through it for probably six or seven months, and she was doing well. And uh, unfortunately, she's no longer with us, but uh, she was my inspiration between her and, and Peggy Kessler. So, uh, you know, as soon as I found that, I latched on to that. I mean, I latched on with all I was worth, and that's when I found that hope is just huge. Uh, and so I call, myself, I call myself now a purveyor of hope because, <laughs> like you know, all I have to do is say I, I'm a stage 10-year stage 4 pancreatic cancer survivor, and and people's jaws drop, and you can see that it lightens them a little bit. Like, oh my God, that how how? And I said, I don't know, but I'm still here. Once this show Somebody makes the it. rounds, once this show makes the rounds after today, you're going to be amazed at how many people that you have inspired and empowered just by being on today. Um, oh, thank you. I'm telling you, it just it's going to blow you away when you find out the numbers. It, well, it, it blows reach. me away ever since. Uh, you know, I did so, some stuff for CTCA and the people, the outreach that I, I've gotten and uh, the communication and the emails and the messages. Uh, uh, every day, it just brings me to tears. I, I how, how much, how, how, what a beautiful thing hope can be and, and to be able some, to be somebody that can spread that uh, and, and give that to people, that, that something to grasp onto. Like, I can do that. I, I can do it. She did it. I can do it. And, it's so powerful that I just mm-hmm. wish more people would understand that. Um, it's what got me through. And that's and that's the thing that get, I think gets us all through. It's at some point or another is obviously you made a decision at some point saying, you know what, I, I'm just not done yet. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not giving into this. And look at you today. Yeah, yeah. I actually woke up one morning, truthfully, and. Uh, it was probably a week after I had been diagnosed when I was playing that, oh, woe is me, and, you know, I just got the wrong person. And I literally woke up one morning and said, I'm going to beat this. And I started reading a, a book, uh, The Cancer Conqueror, which is a really easy book to read. Got through it in probably an hour. And I was like, wow, I, I can really do this. If he did it, I can do it. Sure. And then I started reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And, and, you know, we all have those little voices that say, you know, your cancer's growing. And I'm, and, and so this book, well, at least I did. And then I had this book that taught me how to stay present, but how to acknowledge those, those voices and basically tell them to go away and how it, how it, how, how it kept you present and focused on what your task was. And, uh, between those two books and, uh, of so many more people uh, in prayers, it, that's what kept me going. And, and literally, it was waking up one day saying, I'm, I'm going to beat this. There you go. There you go. So in the closing minutes here, and, and again, I want to thank you, you know, for, for being here with us and sharing your story. And like Robbie said, I promise you, you have inspired many today. Yes. But my question is well, this. It, you know, 
you've, you've told us a bit about treatment. Tell us how things are today. Obviously, you're very busy, but how are you, how are you physically and mentally today after what you've been through? Well, uh, and here the truth comes out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually am very exhausted all the time. I've actually declined um, in, my, in my Purple Iris Foundation stuff. I don't do a lot actively. I, a lot of those things people are doing for me. So a lot of my time is, is meeting people and, let's say, passing out flyers for events or, or hiking. Um, uh, so a, a lot, I, I've kind of stepped back from things because of health um, uh, and, and just not feeling good sure. uh, 75% of the time. And, and by that, I just mean my gut and my digestive yeah. tract is a wreck. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I take enzymes to, to eat. Uh, I'm, I, I hike and I, I eat well because of I'm, my A1C is at 7, 7.1. Uh, so it's, it's a constant battle to keep that down without having to go on, uh, any kind of medication, which I, I, I really don't like Want I, I'll, ha- I'll do it if I have to, but I don't want to. Sure. Um, so it's kept me pretty active when I can be, but my day starts at 6am, but I'm, I'm usually done by one or two in the afternoon and, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I'm that purveyor of hope and I, I talk to a lot of people and. And, and, and try to give them the hope that they need to, 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 to start the battle or continue their battle wherever they're at um, in their journey. And uh, so my days, you know, it's, it's spent dealing with blood sugar issues and um, digestive issues mostly in the morning uh, and just wanting to eat, period. So, I mean, there's, there's the downside of of making it through, but again, I don't let it keep me down, but it's something that, uh, it, it doesn't run my life, but it's a, a precipitator of what I do and when I do it. It's a constant sure. battle. Sure. You know, we all, uh, we all have side effects from this thing. Every darn one of us, uh, one of them being, one of them being far more tired than we're used to. And that's, that's a hard one. Yeah. That's a hard oh, one for me fatigue. to swallow. Yeah. The fatigue is, uh, yep. yes, I agree. You know, that. That is a hard one. Yeah. You know, I How say do you I guys got, deal with it? I, I say I got six good hours a day. The rest of yeah, them no, <laughs> we've talked about that, Robbie. Yeah. 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 The rest of them are spent stacking it up and keeping it from falling apart at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we all make those we all make those six hours count, though, don't we? We do. We do. I I, I agree. Uh, you know, I've 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 learned to to make uh, it's not it's not qu- uh, quantity, it's quality. Yes. So. Um, I just keep that in the forefront, and I always think I should be doing more, and then my body's like, yeah, Chris, no. you got to take care of you. And yeah, so, you, you know, I'm, I'm really getting back to taking care of me, and, and like I said, I'm so thankful. I have so many great people that that, that help help with, with the Purple Iris Foundation and help me in general. So uh, it's, a, it's a definite team effort. You know, sure. I, I, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I, I wanted everybody to know, just like you did, that they're going through this thing and it feels like you're never going to have a good day again. Uh, but, right. you, but you do. And, and, it, and it turns out to be not about you, me, Tom, any of us that are going through it. When you, if you're fortunate enough to live through it, you realize that that treatment and that original diagnosis becomes a small part of my existence. You know, it's that yep. maintaining afterwards. And 
uh, it's good to people to know that that there's just because somebody said you had cancer doesn't mean your days of greatness are over. It, right. It probably right. means exactly. they're just starting. <laughs> well, and you well, know, some, it's oh, like ahead, I, no, I'm sorry. It's like you know, I I have of recent uh, have had some some setbacks with with things involved, you know, from uh, from the radiation that I have. And it's mm-hmm. annoying stuff to be sure, and just like you say with the with eating, and I've had some eating issues back when I was through treatment, you know. And then I've had people that are friends of mine that I've known for a lot. Man, how do you put up with that? And my answer is always the same: it beats the options. Exactly. <laughs> it, it really does. You, you don't it really does. That. I mean, that puts it in perspective right there. I mean, if you look at your options, well, I'll take this any day over what. The other was yeah, any you day. Betcha. It's about understanding your endurance, and you know, <laughs> yeah. well, we all endure a whole lot more than we think we can. How many times, like Tom said, how people go, I don't know, I don't think I could do that. Oh yes, you can. Yes, you <laughs> can. If you had you'd to, be, you'd, you'd be, be amazed what you can do. You'd be, be surprised when your 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 mortality, you're faced with your mortality, and what you what you would do. Right, right. So. Um, can you hang around for just a minute? We want to give a shout out to some of the people that listen to us, some family and friends. Uh, I want to give a shout-out, and then Tom Will, the folks we both know. Uh, my daughter, Shelly, who had three surgeries within 20 days, is finally on the tail end of that and doing much better. Um, Great. Yeah, she had a little bit of problem with infection and an implant and just a heck of a time. And her spirits were really down for a while. Uh, but she's coming back up now, and she's feeling starting to feel a little bit strong again. So, Shelly, we're rooting Good. for you, baby. Hang in there. And uh we just found out, you know, we're talking about this fight, and we try to be open and honest about it. We just found out that my wife has some issues coming up. Uh, we just did a CT scan. Folks, please, please, please make sure you get those tests done. If we had not done the, the scan that we did after a mammogram that came up fine, we did, uh, and we found a couple of little spots, one on each lung, that's not anything really to worry about yet, but we did see some spots by the adrenal gland and on the liver. So we got to get in there and get that taken care of this coming week. Uh, so my baby Julie, uh, you're my rock. I know <clears throat> I know you're gonna kick this thing's butt if it comes up, um, but that's just the way we do. We're cancer slayers. We deal with this every day. We kick its butt every day. Um, we're out living it while we're living it. <laughs> and uh, exactly. Tom's got some uh, folks that watch the show and friends of his too. He wants sure, to give a shout out to. I, I want to thank everybody again for joining us. Um, you know, Lisa, we're, we're we're still with you here. You're doing very well. Uh, Carol, I know you've only got a couple of treatments left. You're going to you're going to yep. kick this thing's ass real fast. Um, but again, just want to thank everybody. We want to thank Christine for being on the show and, and sharing what you're doing and what you had to go through. And and hopefully we can have you on the show another time if that's OK with you. I would love that. I It's it, it's been, it's been a pleasure. And the pleasure has been all ours. Yep. Folks, when you're thinking about this and when you're watching this show and you know, if you if you are newly diagnosed, if you are in the process of going through treatment right now, just realize the one thing that we all know here. We're not done yet. We're not done and yet. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Thank you. See you then. Bye. Okay, you there? Christina? I am. Okay, we just got off. We just cut off the live, so we're ending that now. Great, man. Thank you so much for being here. God, that was so nice. See how fast that goes? You that don't, did go really fast. You don't realize it's an hour <laughs> before you know when it's over with. And like I said, we really don't have time to tell everybody. Okay. You know, to to go through their whole story. There's so much because there's oh. so much more to it. Once it's-
Our highly trained technicians will make every aspect of your window cleaning needs worry-free. Northern Illinois Windows, Inc., 815-385-6646. Again, 815-385-6646. 216thNet is sponsored and supported in part by Natural Therapy Wellness Center. 815-385-8190. McHenryMassage.com. 